Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of the Local New York Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and in this week's episode, my guest is Charlie Miller. Well, this is episode 100, and I'm really excited about this. This is this is the official episode 100 of the Eat Local New York podcast, where we have a guest on and talk with them. We've put out more than 100 podcasts uh, since the beginning of time, but some of them were our Taco Diaries episodes, some of them were me rambling during COVID, and so this is the official episode 100, and I'm really excited to have Charlie on as my guest for this episode. Charlie is a journalist at Syracuse.com and The Post Standard. Now, I've met Charlie a few times, and we've talked online a couple times, and I just, you know, I was thinking through who should episode 100 be. It needs to be a big guest, and, you know, Charlie just kind of stood out to me because I really like his writing. I like his perspective on food and restaurants here in central New York and in Syracuse, and so, bam, Charlie was my guy. So, I really think that you are going to enjoy this episode. And I want to thank you, the listeners and the subscribers, for being here at the podcast and checking out these episodes, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to all 100. We so appreciate you. And I just, I love the fact that there's people out there that are interested in the local food scene and interested in getting to learn more about these owners. And uh, people who influence the food scene here in Syracuse and Central New York, like Charlie. So we're just so excited for that. We're so excited to have you with us and to be putting out episode 100. I really think that you're going to enjoy this. You know, I was thinking it through, like, what do I want to say? This is episode 100. I feel like I should have something important to say here in the intro. And, and you know, I, I'm not going to say anything. There probably are important things, but I'm going to save those for a different time. Uh, this doesn't have to be some... Um, you know, really intense moment, episode 100, where I give this five-minute speech or ramble about something as I'm doing right now, we can just simply leave the intro at that and get on to the podcast. I also wanted to invite you to a very special event happening this Saturday. You know, if you didn't hear, then we're launching the Eat Local New York Podcast Network, and my friends Andy and Justin over at the Snackdown Podcast are going to be our first podcasters to join the Eat Local New York podcast, and we're so excited about that and to celebrate it. We're having an event this Saturday, August 14th from 4 to 7 p.m. at Buried Acorn Brewing right here in Syracuse, and we're going to have a food truck, Petit Nosh, which is going to be doing brunch for dinner, absolutely delicious food. Come out and hang out. There's no registration needed. You just come out, buy some beer, get some food, hang out, say hi to me and Andy and Justin and uh, just have a good time. So we're really looking forward to it. We hope to see you there this Saturday, August 14th from 4 to 7 p.m. So thank you for checking out the Eat Local New York podcast. Make sure that you have either subscribed on your preferred platform. That way you'll be updated the moment a new episode is released. And don't forget to leave us a review. That's a big deal in the podcasting world. You can also connect with Eat Local New York online on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and some other stuff and YouTube. Um, and what else? You can also find us online at eatlocalnewyork.com. That's right. We changed our website. We bought that domain from somebody. We paid a lot of money for it. But we finally have it, eatlocalnewyork.com. Well, without further ado, here's my conversation with Charlie Miller. (laughs) 
Well, are you originally from Syracuse? No, I'm I'm from Indiana. I moved here in 1988. I had done a so I went to Indiana University um, I, for journalism and music, and my junior year of college, I was applying for internships, and the Herald Journal, the mm. old newspaper here, yeah, um, gave me an internship. And so I spent out. I spent the summer here in '87, and I really liked it. Uh, my girlfriend at the time lived on Long Island, so I thought it was close. I thought, oh yeah, it's New York. It's real close. <laughs> I didn't realize it was five hours away um, until I got here. But I had a great summer, so I went back, finished my degree, and then the following year, when I was applying for jobs, I applied for a job here and they hired me as a police reporter of all mm. things. I wanted to be a music writer and, but that was the only job they had. I took it and I did, I thought I'd be here for a year and then move on to the next job, but nope, I did the police beat for like nine years. Wow. And then obviously I met my wife. We had three kids mm. and you know, we just grew roots that I was, I was the sports editor for, I don't know, it's like 20 years, something like that. Hmm. And then my boss, who was the previous sports editor, Steve Carlick, asked me if I would consider doing this this beat that's called Best of Central New York. Yeah. And I said, no. I said, no, I really like sports. I'm, yeah. uh, I, I, I think I have a good thing going. He said, well, you know a lot of people, and I think it would be really fun and you could make it into something that we don't even know what it is. You you create what it is that you want to write about. And that weekend, I went home and it was the section or no the state basketball championships. Hmm. So I was filtering pictures and stories from all over the state on St. Patrick's Day <laughs> when my neighbors and wife were all you know doing a neighborhood pub crawl. Yeah, and I said what the heck am I doing? <laughs> so I went back on Monday and all weekend I kept having to leave and go back. On Monday I went to Steve. I said, all right, so I just want to make sure I get this straight. You're, you want me to write about food, drinks, and fun places to go and you're going to pick up the tab. And he said, yes. I said, <laughs> I'm in. So that's been, that was three years ago and I've, I've had such a blast because yeah. I love it. I, I I also like what the area has to uh, has to offer, and I like shining a light on those places. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I really. I mean, over the years, I've come to really enjoy uh, your writing, Don's writing. Um, I feel like I like Jacob's writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, he was only doing food for just a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, but he's doing food now in North Carolina. Yeah. I still follow him on one of our accounts on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, um, it's it's pretty cool to see the, some of the stuff he's posting about. Um, but, uh, yeah, over the, over the, say, the last, like, two years, I've really come to appreciate uh, your all's writing and the things you yeah, guys thanks. are covering. And um, maybe just kind of getting more used to, you know, like, seeing you around from time to time, talking right. to Don, that kind of stuff. But um, I feel like the... The right, the food coverage, restaurant coverage in Syracuse right now is in a pretty good spot. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Again, I didn't know what this job was going to be. 
at first we were just doing okay, like best steaks or best donuts, best this and that. Yeah, and that was okay. Um, but then I thought I can, I think I can have some more fun with this. Um, so I started doing these lists, like well, not even a list. It's not a list because like twelve places to get a great sandwich yeah. or eight places to get a good hamburger. Mm. And I would just go to these places and and I would taste it and and like you, I, I if I liked it, I would write about. It. I, I would I would put it in this list, but I would tell a story behind every place because I think every restaurant, every bar that we visit has a story behind it. Yeah. So I started doing that and I heard that when I would write about these places that the businesses would just the business would go up. And I went to this one place, Sam's Chicken Land. On, I was just there today. On, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you have? Well, unfortunately, it was still fine, but unfortunately I got the chicken tender sub. Oh, what are you thinking? You don't <laughs> get a chicken tender sub at Sam's Chicken Land. Everyone, you know, when we do our, our best search, we just, yeah. whatever people recommend, we go to. Yeah. And so we're doing best chicken sandwich. Well, they don't have a fried chicken sandwich in their menu. No, they don't. So yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. Um, and so I was so when I said, do you have a fried chicken sandwich? She kind of looked at me strange. She's like, well, we have a ch- sub. I was like, is it fried chicken? She was like, yeah, it's yeah. chicken tender. So I was like, do you make a special sauce or anything? And she was like, well, we have ranch. I was like, I'll just take the take yeah. that. And it wasn't bad, but it was. No, and they do make their own tenders. I love that place. Yeah. But when I, I just went there just to include it because someone on our uh, Facebook, you know, where Syracuse Eats page had said, oh, you got to go to Sam's for a sandwich. So I went and yeah. and I got this steak and cheese sub. Hmm. And it was off the charts. And I got to talking to the guy because I'm, 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 you know, I'm going to write the little backstory. Yeah. And he, you know, he, I think, was an insurance salesman. And, hmm. and he just, he always loved this place. So he, and then he bought it. So I went back to my boss. I said, I said, this place, it is just, I've driven by it probably 300 times in my life, and I never knew it existed. And I'm telling you, it's some of the best food I've ever had. Hmm. I think I should do a series of stories about those types of places. Hidden gems of central New York. Yeah. And that's where, and I, I've done like, I don't know, 20 of them or so. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And the day that story came out, there was a line down hmm. Charles Avenue yeah. of people trying to get in. And and he ran out of food. And <laughs> so I knew I, I was yeah. I hit on something. Because I think what Central New York, Central New York is very, we, we are very proud people. And I think when we can claim something that, as our own, something that nobody else knows about, mm-hmm. you know, you, you like to learn. You know, when you read something or when you listen to a podcast, I like to go away with something that I can talk about, uh, something fresh, something that I'm going to tell somebody else, hey, we got to try this place. Yeah. And that's what people here do. And I think it resonates with people. And I think when you find out about a restaurant that's been around for a long time, you just didn't know about it, that has really good food, you know, you're helping the consumer, you're helping Central New Yorkers find some place new to eat, but you're also giving a huge boost to this restaurant that in 20 years has never seen this kind of business before. And I've really enjoyed that. And that, I think that was when I turned a corner because I I stopped doing just the best places to get a 
this or that. I mean, I'm still going to do those, like mm-hmm. eight places to get a great stuff, but I'm not going to make it a contest. Yeah. We used to make it like a contest yeah. where the readers would would vote and then we would test them all out. And that was fine. It was fine. Mm-hmm. But I think it just kind of wore out. And, yeah. um, you know, we did chick- chicken wings, I think it was the first one. And yeah. and that was fine because I love chicken wings. Um, and I found all kinds of good places to get wings now. But I think now it's, it's more about the businesses and, and what really good food you can have. So it, the job is evolving. And now during the pandemic, all these restaurants, believe it or not, a, a lot of restaurants did not shut down. Yeah, Everyone thinks that the restaurant industry was decimated. And it might be elsewhere. Not in Syracuse. No. We lost a few, but, you know, some chains. Yeah, and even some of the local ones that we did lose, they were on their way out. They wanted to be done. Exactly. There was other stuff going on. I mean, there's a couple of them, and I'm really grateful that they did say, Dominic's is a great example. Yes. Dominic said, this isn't pandemic-related. No. We've been wanting they're, to get out. and They're so, done. Yeah. They're done. Um, and that's that was just, the pandemic was, for some of them, just that push off the ledge of, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm frustrated. Yep. I'm done with the business. Yeah. And this um, just lit the fire. Exactly. My One of my favorite restaurants um, that I had gone to, well, I had my rehearsal dinner there 30 years ago, hmm. Kelly's on Iowa yeah. Hill. I live now just two miles away from it. Okay. He had been looking for a while to retire. All right. I, was, I just went and had drinks with him the other night, hmm. John Kelly. Yeah. He was looking for a reason to retire. And then the pandemic hit. And he was tired. You know, they had to shut down. He was do- he tried takeout only for I think four days. Yeah. And he got his family together. And I said, I think it's time. Hmm. And it was right, but it, the pandemic I think just nudged him a little bit. Yeah. But you know, but this is this is where I'm going with this. Is another restaurant came along, or a, a woman came along. Marty Richardson and her husband Dave, and bought it, and they've turned it into. I mean, it's it's somewhat similar. They hired the entire staff back. That's great, including the executive chef, and gave him free reign. Hmm. You come up with the, the menu, Terrence, and you do what you want, and we will serve it. Wow, and it's great. Yeah, it's great. And so then I started thinking, all right, well, they're not alone. There are all these other restaurants that are popping up yeah you know from the ashes of covid and so now i've been doing these first looks of of these brand new restaurants they're not it's not a uh, it's kind of a critique but it's not i mean i i go i tell the story and i said all right here's their specialties or here's what you got to try just a little something here's how it's made here's how much it costs here's and then the location yeah and that right now is it's almost like the hidden gem thing. It's 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 given people somewhere new to try. Yeah. I got I'm gonna go home and write one tonight um, <laughs> about a new place downtown, um, it, and it's fun and it helps these businesses and it yeah. helps. I mean, my God, it helps me find out really good places to go. Yeah, for you sure. know, yeah. It you find? Um, do you ever feel the pressure that? knowing uh, the article that you could put out about somebody is going to affect their business in that way? Yes, of course I do. Um, 
I now, because I, I, you know, again, I'm not a critic. I'm only writing what I like because I'm just a guy, just like you. Right. Just some guy who likes to go out and eat and drink. And I know that when I publish a story, people are going to read it and they're going to decide they're going to go there or not. And I, so I tell them, I warn them, I said, all right, um, story's going to publish Wednesday morning because mm-hmm. I, I learned this through Sam's Chickenland. Yeah. Mm. I, if I had known the response that that story <laughs> would have gotten, I would have warned him because yeah. he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have staff. He didn't have, I mean, he ran out of food. Was it the same when you were covering sports? Like if you covered a local high school team or no. whatever the case was, would they get a bunch of new people attending the game the next week? No, I don't think so. Okay. No, because I, th- I think if you're a big West Genesee basketball fan, or if you're a Central New York basketball fan, you're going to go to these games anyway. Yeah. Now, if there's something interesting about, you know, the team, if there's a player who can do something spectacular, yeah, then maybe they're, they're going to go for that. But now, I think what we do right now, what you and I do right now, resonates with people because, well, for one thing, this is something, so I, if I go to a restaurant that I'm writing about tonight, mm-hmm. um, people are going to read it and think, oh, this is something I can do with my family. Yeah. Or, so I'm going to share this experience with people and say, oh, hey, I read this, I read that, you know, you can get this and that, and this is how they make it. It's all local, whatever, yeah. you know? Or you share with your friends, and, you know, oh, because there are all these people who have, because when you you know when you when you when you write a story on your podcast, people say, "Oh, we got to try that," you mm-hmm. know, and then they tag people's names, and all these people, it's a, it's a community, and this is all community driven, yeah. Because they're going to go, they're going to tell their friends, and they're all going to go there. We're going to, oh, this is our this is our Thursday night dinner outing for the yeah. week. So, I like being able to expose central new york to places that they they don't know about and it's going to give them something to do yeah yeah i like that um i like doing that and like we do that in the comments you know on our posts yeah you know just today we posted about uh, sam's chicken land and somebody commented just moved to the area looking for the best wings where to go right um and i said either shifties or change of pace yeah um, i would i would argue swallows so the, here's where I screwed up with swallows, and this is a terrible, terrible story. It's really not that bad, but it's just funny how dumb I am. Uh, Zach and I were doing uh, best chicken wing yep. uh, video one night, and so Shifty was still closed, so we did change of pace and swallows. Okay, and we called each place, and because you know Syracuse is still. Uh, in my opinion, far behind the times. Of course. And so when I call, like I, I, we usually never call in advance and say, you know, what we're doing. But for some reason that night we did. And um, they said, I said, hey, we're doing a TV show. Because I knew that if I said, hey, we're doing a video on right. Eat Local's Instagram, they'd be like, what? Yeah. Uh, so um, I said, whatever your f- best wing is, just give us that. So Swallows, it was their salt and pepper. Of course. I thought that it, that he said lemon pepper. 
Oh. And so the entire time that we're filming this episode, Zach and I are saying, I don't taste any lemon in this thing. This yeah. wing sucks. How is there no lemon? Yeah. That's usually the most prominent thing in right. the lemon pepper wing. No, there's salt and pepper wings. And that yeah. sauce that they, they serve it with is, he makes, is that, yeah. Bobby Corning came up with that, I don't know, 40 years ago. And it's still just as good. Yeah. Um, those are my, and, Listen, I love Change of Pace, and I love Shifties. I love Shifties Frankenstein wings, and I yeah. love um, Change of Pace, well, pretty much all of them. But Swallows, there's just something about them. Um, yeah. They all get their wings from the same people, See, generally. I, I, yeah, I didn't, so years ago, somebody told me Change of Pace got them from a local chicken farm. I cannot imagine that there's any sort of a local chicken farm that could produce that many no. wings. Oh, they get it from a local, it's from a local business. Yeah. That, but now there's, right. there's no chicken. It's not a local. That, make, that yeah. can make, that can produce that many chicken wings. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be interesting if there was, but, um, yeah, no. So I felt pretty dumb when like two days later I was editing the episode and I text my buddy, Nick, who runs Limp Lizard. Oh, Nick Ford. Yeah. Yeah. And Nick's good friends with the yes, people over. And so... Um, I just saw him there not there not too long ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he was like, what do you think of the salt and pepper wings? I was like, you mean lemon pepper? He was like, no, it's salt and pepper. I was like, uh, oh, shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... that's, that's uh, yeah, that didn't That's feel... That's kind of a blunder. Yeah. I text my buddy Zach, who was the co-host with me. I was like, hey, we screwed up. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? I might... Actually, I might stop there on my way home. Yeah. Before it... So. We've changed it up. We were just trying to do, like, one episode, the top two, uh, but then... We were getting so many people after the fact to be like, you missed this one, you missed that one, you missed that one. You're always going to get that. Yeah. Um, so we started doing like multiple episodes and we do like the top eight or the top 10 or whatever mm-hmm. the case was and then go through the list. But um, I don't know if we're going to, you know, it makes for views. It does do that. Like people yep. do watch that stuff. I, I watch it. But the downside with it is I think um, you get so much which whatever it exists on the internet nowadays even more so than ever but you get so much negativity oh the from vitriol those. the vitriol out there is is it's depressing yeah and it it i i, I get yeah i just have to shut it down yeah I, I just i can't even watch it even on our own facebook page I, yeah but you know you know exactly what i'm talking about we used to i used to um in the beginning uh for the first couple of years respond to every comment Good or bad, no matter what, just because I was trying to help boost our um, stats on Instagram. Yep. And to the point where, like, some of my wife's friends would text her and be like, have you seen what Anthony's saying to these people online? Yeah. (laughs) But uh, now we've just decided, I've just decided we're not going to respond to, you know, unless it's like a direct question or like some, then we're just going to kind of leave it alone. Um, And that is, you know, unfortunately, you know, I think just the way I think it's gotten worse over the past year, but um, and worse, I think even more so, especially since things have opened up. People online just love to complain about everything. They right do, now. Yeah. they do. That's and wild. It's unfortunate, but yeah. I, I still, Anthony, I still respond to almost every comment. Do you really? I do. I because I posted on our Syracuse East page, then Syracuse dot com will post it on their main page. Yeah. Um, and I and when people they'll ask questions, they ask good questions. So I want to answer that. Yeah. And if someone says, "Oh, you got to try this," 
See, that's what I love about social media. And I love my job because people are telling me where to go. Right. And if someone suggests, if they say, all right, Charlie Miller, you got to write about this restaurant, um, whatever. I'll say, okay, you want to join me? I will buy you hmm. lunch or dinner. Yeah. I, I bring people along with me all the time. For one thing, I can't eat everything. Yeah. I'd, I'd weigh 800 pounds. Right. Um, so I bring readers along, and I, the only condition is I got to take the picture of the food before you eat it. Yeah, right. You know, because that's kind of what we do. Um, and th- but they think it's great. It's a it's a conversation. So much of what what I do now is I'm having a conversation with readers because again I don't know everywhere to go. Right. And I need people to tell me where to go. Yeah. And I do, and and I, I listen. Oh, okay. I'll give that place a shot. That's got to be a fun experience to go sit down with a complete stranger. It is, and have them, you know, have this, you know, person that you can sit there and learn about and talk to for an hour, or however yeah. long you're there. Yeah. Um, and 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 they think it's cool because one, yeah. they get a free meal out of it because I'm paying for it, or my yeah. company pays for it, and we, and then they they have something that they tell their friends and they, they go on to the Facebook page or Instagram and, and say, Oh yeah, I, I, I got That's to, cool. I got to eat with Charlie Miller at, <laughs> yeah. at, the, at the paper and, and, uh, and have dinner there. So that's fun. I've always been curious just about like people and their life experiences. And so I remember, I mean, I was probably 19 years old, uh, 20 years old. I was young, but, uh, it was for nothing more than just my, um, curiosity, but I had put on like a Craigslist post in Syracuse, like looking for people who have gone through divorce just because I wanted to sit down and talk to them. And like, mm-hmm. and, uh, we wound up sitting down with like three or four of them at cafe 407 for like 30, 40 minutes and just talking to them. And it was a great experience. Interesting. Um, I never did anything with that other than just get to meet these people and sure learn about them. But, uh, yeah, I think that'd be kind of a cool, uh, feature to, do exactly what you're doing. Yeah. And then write like a little story about the person that you're sitting across. Yeah. From. I, I will always give them a shout out if they want, you know, yeah. if they don't, if they want to remain anonymous, like sometimes I'll just, I'll just, just put my first name in and that, that yeah. that's okay. I mean, like if I was writing a real like news story, of course right. I wouldn't just use someone's first name because yeah. we have to use, but, but for something like this, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to you if it's, you know, Eddie from Onondaga Hill, or if it's Ed Smith from Onondaga Hill. Right. It's, it's some dude from Onondaga Hill. Yeah, for sure. Um, who turned us on to this restaurant. Yeah. But most of them like it, and we have a good time. They're just curious about the process, the yeah. reporting process, and hmm. how I do my job. And I think they're probably surprised at how laid back I am with yeah. this stuff. But I do, I mean, I clearly take it seriously, but... I mean, it's and it's a lot of work. It's not just going out oh, eating and drinking because yeah. you still have the worst part after writing about if you're out eating and drinking a lot, you still have to go home and write the story. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's the hard part. We we're starting a blog um, just to feature some of the local breweries in town, and I just sat down with one of them and I brought my field recorder with me and we sat there and what I thought was going to be a very quick ten minute Q and A turned into like this 45 minute conversation 
And now I am uh, perplexed as how to sit down and re-listen to that conversation and then write a 700-word blog from it. Yeah. I mean, so much so that I haven't touched it in like two weeks because I'm just like, I don't even want to think about having to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to write, I used to uh, write a little bit and like probably around the first time that there was an author, Donald Miller, and then around the time that I picked up uh, Charles Bukowski for the first time, I really started to like write really stupid, inappropriate, uh, <laughs> fiction. And, um, uh, and I used to really enjoy it. Sure. And I don't know what's changed, but in, and that was, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. Now I absolutely, if I have to like update a social media profile, I get very upset with my, it just, I cannot fathom doing what you do and writing so many words every single week. It's yeah. Right. I mean, it comes easily to some people, but it, it, it's a process. So I, I will write a story like when Kelly's did finally mm-hmm. close down. Okay. I gave him a week. He went, John told me the other night, he said, I just got in my car and I drove away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he went to Maine, he went to Vermont by himself. Then he came back and he said, all right, I'm ready to, to talk. Yeah. Because I wanted to write a story just because it was part of the community. Uh, his restaurant had been there for 35 years. Hmm. So, and it was also very personal to me because I went they, he sponsored my softball team for 25 years. I had hmm. my wedding, um, you know, the rehearsal dinner there. Yeah. And I went there every, there was, there, there was, let's see, I think I counted a hundred and six consecutive Tuesday nights that I went there for his chicken wing special because he had good wings too. They still do. Um, 106, I think it was. And anyway, so I go and, and I interview him and his son and I interview longtime patrons and I write, I go home, I give it a day and I start writing the story and it sucks. What are you doing in that day? Are you thinking about it? Yes, nonstop. Yeah. I'll go, I'll exercise, I'll go work out, and I'm thinking about it the whole time. Um, I will go eat, and I'm thinking about it. I'll just bounce a couple ideas off of people's heads. I'll bounce it off my boss's head. And then I would go home, and I'd rewrite it. Still sucked. Write it again. It's getting a little bit better. I take myself out of the story. Because mm-hmm. I think the first version, I said, oh, and he's, I had my rehearsal there. I said, no one gives a shit about that. Yeah. Um, so the final, around midnight that night, the story was going to run the next morning. Actually, it was the day that the bars reopened. Hmm. Last, was it June or July, whenever that was. Yeah. It was going to run that morning. Between midnight and 3.30 a.m., I pretty much overhauled it. Now, I was drinking a little bourbon <laughs> and uh, and I woke or I, I woke up and, and my boss and it was all ready to go. I give it one more read and then my boss calls me, said said, Man, this is this is good. <laughs> I said, uh, yeah. I mean it, it was like giving birth. And that yeah. was a little bit it was again, it was more personal to me. Yeah. Um, and just like when the other day when the bars, when the state lifted all the restrictions, mm-hmm. 
on bars and restaurants. I went to Steve's Bar on Tipperary Hill because I had been there the day that everything shut down. I went there, Swallows and, um, hmm. and Limp Lizard and Nibsies the day that they shut down. So I, the day that everything was lifted, I went back to Steve's. My boss said, you know, you got to do something about it. I said, well, it's not really like that big of a deal because they'd been open for a while, all the bar, bars and restaurants. He said, I know, but it's, it's kind of like you know, the end of a war. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's just it's finally over. So I went and I just sat down and watched these same guys who were there a year ago. Hmm. You know, have, they have a, a couple drinks. And, and again, I went through that same process, Anthony. I went home. I talked. I bounced the idea off my wife, um, how I was going to format the story, and I wrote it. Th- I think I, it took me three times to write it. Hmm. Um, but again, I finished. I wrote the final version probably around three a.m. Hmm. Um, and I was very happy with the story, and 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 my boss was as well. Um, so it, it's. I mean, everyone's different. Everyone has a their own creative process. And our, you know, our workflow, and mine is kind of messed up because I'm I'm up in the middle of the night, you know, working when I should be sleeping. Yeah. Um, and then the next day I'm just I'm just toast, you know. I'm not <laughs> like, but when the story comes out, you, you, you feel good. Yeah. So, um, has ever been a, you know. Obviously, um, the written word is still very important to people because, I mean, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people consume so much of not just what you write, but what well, we all do. Syracuse.com puts out, sure. right? Sure, sure. Um, and, uh, and even today where, I mean, a 10-minute video is too long online. Oh, it is, yeah. You know, you have to, I mean, we're going through it right now with trying to shift what we do. And uh, so now we've got 60 seconds, right? Yep. Maybe 120 if we're lucky mm-hmm. to really try and get something out. And um, I'm surprised people still listen to these hour-long podcasts that we do. Well, that's different. Podcasts are different. Yeah, I can Yeah, I can see where you're... I mean, well, I say, I say yeah, like that. I listen to Joe Rogan all the time. Of course. Amongst others. He's the best. But those are three hours. Yeah, those are really long. Right. And they take me a couple days, but sure. But so you know, I, I've listened to years. You know, I, I put it in my car mm-hmm. during the commute to wherever I'm going, or I'll fall asleep to it, or um, you know, I'll have my morning coffee to it. Yeah, um, that's different. Sitting down to watching a video because I do videos too for Circus.com. I produce, yeah. my, I produce my own, shoot them all myself. You know, I have, mm. I have very similar yeah. gear that you have. Um, but I know that I, I got to keep it under three minutes. Right. Generally two minutes. Yeah. So I, I get, and, and, it, and it's tough, but I also know that I'm not going to sit down in front of my computer and watch YouTube, a YouTube video that's going to last that long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My habits are different. Like if it, if it's a topic that catches me, I'll you know. But um, I mean, last night for my so my habits are usually before I go to bed, um, I will 
pull up my iPad and turn on YouTube and see what's there on my front page, or I'll right. like have an interest and look something up. For some reason, last night I was watching five different ten-minute-long videos on what they do with the trash in New York City. <laughs> see, I find that fascinating, and I do the same thing. It's, yeah. you, you get that. It's a wormhole, man. Yeah. I mean, you, you get in that YouTube vortex, and right. you just it's hard to get out. Because I, I could go home and watch something about bourbon or cigars, or or I like I like the these videos where the um, where a, a music producer will pull apart a sto- uh, a song. You know, Rick Beato is his name, and and he'll he has this what they call the stems. You know, so you can hear every yeah. instrument, and you know, he. He isolates it. And then before you know it, yeah. six hours are gone. Have you watched the Paul McCartney, Rick Rubin one? Yeah, I'm watching it right Holy now. Holy cow. I, I'm four episodes in, and it is oh, brilliant. We just start, we're about halfway through the second one. The fact alone that they have what I can only imagine is the original reels yeah. that they're pulling up and down yeah. is... Yeah, the stems. That's unreal. Yep. Um and how there's, I mean, it's just, that's so it's fantastic. It's yeah. so good. That to me is, there's things like that, which, you know, obviously the Beatles and McCartney, you know, I was born in 86, so they're before my time, right? Hey, I want to take a quick moment and remind you about the Eat Local New York card. It's a great way to get out there and support local and independent restaurants all around New York State. And the best part, you save money every time you do. You can head to our website at eatlocalnewyork.com and purchase your Eat Local New York card. Every time you go out to a participating restaurant and spend $25 or more, just show them your Eat Local New York card to save $5 off your bill. Best part is you can use it as many times as you want at your favorite restaurants anywhere in New York until December 31st of this year. And come this October, we're going to have the next year's Eat Local New York card ready to be released, and we can't wait to show you the card and some of the new features and benefits that we're going to have associated with it. So head over to eatlocalnewyork.com and pick up your Eat Local New York card today. Well, let's get back to the podcast. I would give anything to be able to see like Paul McCartney mm-hmm. play in concert mm-hmm. just for the fact of knowing that you've seen Paul yep. McCartney. Um, I'm, uh, my wife and I are going back and forth a little bit right now and if we want to spend as much money to go see Elton, Elton John. Elton John, sure. Um, just for the sheer fact that it's Elton John. I feel that way. We saw I saw uh, Willie Nelson the last time he was at the mm. amphitheater, um, and you know what, three four years ago. Yep. I mean, I was lucky to get great seats like the day of, but even though I only know maybe a third of his songs, the fact that I was sitting there watching Willie Nelson yeah. play was, uh, and you know I wasn't. I did go to see uh, Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it was because I had really good seats, so I was excited about that. But I agree with you. And I saw Elton John at the Dome with Billy Joel, so okay. I've seen it. So I, I, I'm probably going to go. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like photographing concerts a lot. I, I, yeah. I know I won't get to do that one, but I'm just I'm a musician. You know, I, I've yeah. I, I've played music for all my life and. And seeing concerts live is, is is something I really enjoy. But seeing Paul McCartney and watching this with Rick Rubin, who's brilliant, um, watching them together, you just learn so much more about the music and and how it got uh, how it got there. Yeah. 
and that's that's special. Yeah, um, I and one of our uh, we still make a lot of dumb mistakes every day. But uh, one of my early day really dumb mistakes was the first year the amphitheater was built. I had no idea how press passes worked mm. for concerts. Right. And so I just thought to myself, you know, we've got like at the time 4,000 Instagram followers. Maybe mm. I can get a press pass to go see Keith Urban was playing. And so uh, for some reason we did. And um, it was like a weird night. We had family in town. We were on vacation. And um, uh, I was like, do I want to hang out with the family tonight or do I want to go in and go stand front row for the entire Keith Urban concert and get to take pictures, which is what, how I thought press passes worked. Right. So I showed up late to the concert. Oh, if it was after the third song, you're not, you're not photographing it. So it was like the second song. I just walked up to security and then to the box office. I was like, I have press passes. Here's my email. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Everyone there was confused as to who I was or what the hell I was talking about. They said, "What, whatever, just go in. And so, because the PR person and the photographers were already up at the sound booth sure. taking pictures. So right. I'm just walking in. I walk in, and they're walking past me. And I proceeded for like 30 minutes to just roam around oh, nice. from the lawn to the front, just taking pictures. I got home that night. I emailed the person. I said, hey, thank you so much for hooking us up. We got some great shots. And that went into about a 12-email thread reply of the head of security and uh, how did this person, how did Anthony get past us? Oh, boy. <laughs> like, you know, what color shirt helped you? You can't post any of those pictures. Right, yeah, you can't. Um, so I still have on our on a hard drive somewhere these really amazing <laughs> pictures of the Keith Urban concert sure. that I can't do anything with. And trust me, <laughs> Keith Urban has no idea that right. this happened. Exactly. And he nor would he care. Yeah. <laughs> he, he would probably want your pictures out there. But no, I know. I've, yeah. I've dealt with that. Even just at the state fair. Because, I, again, I yeah. love bringing my gear um, and... and, and most of them, you get the th- first three songs. Yeah. ZZ Top was weird. You got 90 seconds. Really? And from the booth, not from the pit. Oh, wow. Um, but then other bands, hmm. you can stay the whole show. That's awesome. Yeah, depending on the venue and depending on who it is. Yeah. But I, I love doing that. And um, and sometimes when the, when the artist makes eye contact with you, and he sees your if you if you have good gear, they yeah. they know, and yeah. he's going to follow you, hmm. and he's going to you know basically mug for the camera, or he or she, yeah. and um, and that that's a lot of fun. Yeah. I I really enjoy it, and and then you obviously get to I, I although I did learn wear earplugs because oh, yeah. it is because all the subwoofers are below the stage and they're just pounding you. Yeah, we um. We had a blog for all of maybe two months, and uh, Margaret McCormick edited them for us, um, and she did a great job. And we, I paid two of the writers and three of the other ones, so none of them were actually writers, mm-hmm. uh, but the other three uh, did it on a volunteer basis. And so the thought was we would release five articles each month on our website, and uh, we had things from... My buddy uh, doing like uh, 
cooking blog and recipe um, to uh, we covered like uh, either concerts of the amphitheater or we did a coverage of the former downtown food tour. Um, and so, and I did just kind of like whatever I would just write about whatever. So it was around the time that the, uh, race for mayor was going on when, uh, this last election, when, when Ben got elected, mm-hmm. but it was before the primary. So everybody was involved. Right. So the first person I sat down with was, uh, Andrew Maxwell. And I think I'd mentioned to you the, this to you before, but we called it dinner with the candidates. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I had gone to dinner with Andrew, I had coffee with Andrew, I went to dinner with Chris Fowler and Ben and Marty Masterpool. Mm -hmm. And the only blog that saw the light of day was the one about uh, Chris Fowler. And um, I've said this before on the podcast, I love Margaret, I think she listens to the podcast, but she screwed up by letting me publish this article because (laughs) the, the stupid idea that I had uh, was to phrase the whole blog that I was writing a letter to my parents who don't live in Syracuse any longer, letting them know that I met this person running for mayor and this is what I thought about him and dad, you'd like him so much. And da, da, da. It was the worst, kinda, worst thing. I don't know. I kind of like the concept. I mean, it's it's different, but... Sorry, it was terrible. It was trash. Uh, this Maybe the concept with a, a, a talented writer, but this one was pure... <laughs> trash Uh and uh margaret uh brought it through her editing process and sent it back and let me post it and it was still one of the most embarrassing things i've ever done (laughs) i love margaret by the way yeah margaret's great for forever yeah so with things that are changing in like the world with you know shortened videos and stuff like that how's that affected your process over the past couple years well, so being in the newspaper business for so long, you know, we we had, back when we were just before the internet, we had deadlines every day. You know, you had to hit it, like, I, I you know, your story had to be done by noon or whatever yeah. hour. When I was a police reporter, I would come in at 6 a.m., first story, first version had to be done by 8, hmm. then I had 10, 12, and 1. Now it's like you're always on deadline. You're never on deadline. I mean, you're we're writing for an internet audience, and if it's not breaking news, you plan on when you're going to release it. So tonight, I'm going to go home. I'm going to write a story, and it might go up tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to guess it's going to go up Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helps um, because you can always make changes. Yeah. So the process, I think, is is easier but you also you got to time things in a smart way so people will see it um you you know you don't post anything in the middle of the night because no one's going to see it uh so timing is is key writing a good headline is key you know that people can search for yeah and and it's appealing so that that's changed you know, years ago, we were, we writers never took their own pictures. We yeah. had photographers. Yeah, I mean, I happened to be a photographer before I was a writer, um, so I, I still I still have the professional gear, and so, but I I, I do it all. I, I I will take pictures, I will take my video, and I will write the stories. Um, so that's changed a lot. You know, you have to you have to be skilled at. at so many different uh, media. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I like that because yeah. I, I can t- control it. Yeah. You know, I know how I want it to look yeah. and how, it, how I want it to sound. And so that's a good thing. Um, and I, mean, I think, well, this doesn't have anything to do with the business, but I think because I, I have a lot of freedom in what, I, what it is that I write about and how I write it. Uh, I I do I can have a little bit more fun yeah um, with my writing but I think that's also is kind of like a column um, but when I you know occasionally I have to do breaking news shifts and I have to be a real reporter again yeah um, I can't do it then <laughs> I'm know, sure it's all hands on deck coming up here for the election yeah yeah it will be it will be uh, we'll all probably have something to do with it but um, yeah yeah uh, are there any projects that you've had that you've been waiting or wanting to put out or kind of like a side project, something that you've been wanting to release? Um, not really, but I find things to write about every day. I mean, I think, oh, you know, maybe I should do, do a series on this. And then like the next day I think, oh, that was a dumb idea. <laughs> and I scrap it. I, I'm always thinking of new things. I'm always looking for new stories to write about. And, yeah. But that's that's how we are. We we always want to look ahead and at what's next. Um, so and I don't I don't follow my my day is never the same. Yeah, I don't have a process where I get up at you know six. And I you know I I read this, I read that, hmm. and then I start writing. I don't work that way. Hmm. Never have. Even when I, when I was the police reporter, I had to be at the office at six, and I had deadlines. But hmm. I was also that was that was a lot different. But now I, yeah, I, I I set my own pace. Yeah. In the last year was a lot different because we were most of us were, were working from home. I would go to restaurants and and bars when they were open, and I would but I would go back to my home and write hmm. and. While our office has reopened, a lot of people are still working remotely. Hmm. And I, like, I haven't, I didn't go to the office today. Yeah. I worked all day, but I didn't, I didn't go into the office. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I created a nice home office with a stand-up desk and, and a little, little bar. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> some, some good bourbons and yeah, a humidor. The few times that I do write, I found that usually the things that I that uh, come out best are after uh, maybe three or four. Um, uh, I'll call them. I'm going to coin the phrase right now in Italian, mai tai, and uh, I only coin it that way because up until yesterday, I didn't know how to make a mai tai. I just knew that I like to drink them. Yep. So the Italian mai tai is just pineapple juice and rum. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, sounds pretty good. Um, so usually after like two or three or four of those at, you know, around midnight when yep. you're just tired enough. Um, uh, yeah, that's usually when I'll put something out. So maybe that's what I have to do with that blog on the, on the brewery. You know what? You might be surprised. You might be pleasantly surprised at how your story turns out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, Syracuse has never had, well, I shouldn't say never. Syracuse doesn't have like uh, a, f- what? You, know, you maybe we would consider a food critic, right? Right. We have a couple, yeah, but they're they're part timers. They're they, yeah. you know they're freelancers for us, yeah. And that's that's worked that way for 
my God, forever. Jared does some, right? Jared does yeah. some, and then Jane Woodman That's right, is yeah. the other one. And they both work with me. Okay. I, I, they send me their stories every week, and yeah. I read them, and I put, I put it all together. Yeah. Well, Jared, Jared, I mean, they, they both, again, they take their own pictures. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but they are the food critics. Yeah. Jared had the one review of Mad Burger, and the next day, the day that he released it, uh, they announced that they were closing permanently after a couple weeks. Um, We were the ones doing the social media for them, so that was yeah. Oh, that's right. You and I think we chatted. Oh, that's right. I think I think you sent me a because I I had had gone to their their Facebook page and sent them a message because someone had said, "Hey, I'm trying to." Order yeah. food from this place, and they're not answering the phone. <laughs> so I, I just sent a message. I think he responded. Yeah. Oh boy. That was. I mean, it was a great concept. I mean, they. She sold out. You know, just about every single day. It was just a right. staffing issue. Yeah. You know. Yep. Um, which hopefully restaurants are will be done with in the next month or two. I hope so. I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Um, we were just having a conversation about that with one of our clients who. Still understaffed. They have a lot of staff, but they're still understaffed. Um, but they're trying to think of what's going to happen come September. So, yep. Yeah. Um, so, the last kind of, I don't want to say real food critic, but the last food critic that put like a lot of time into it was, uh, was it, was her name Yolanda? Yeah, Yolanda, right. So, she did a lot. And, um, and I think this is probably a, a great testament to any sort of a food critic is that people gave her a lot of shit for it they um, did and that's probably like yeah how do you know if you're a good food critic do people hate you um right and so, they, they they were afraid of her yeah why do you think syracuse i mean doesn't have a larger uh, role like that i don't know i but i i also think anthony that the times have changed a lot and I, I, I mean, I, when I read a food review, I want it to be honest. Yeah. I expect that critic to tell me what's good and what's bad. If the service stunk. I want to know it. Mm-hmm. But if it's a negative review, you got to go back at least one once. Give yeah. them a second chance. I firmly believe that. Yeah. Or, t- or you go three times total. And if it's still bad, then yeah, mm-hmm. you, you light it up. Um, but chances are it's not. Yeah. Uh, chances are that maybe because everyone has a bad day. Yeah. You know, I, I I could write a crappy story one day, and then the next day I'll I'll write a better one, or mm-hmm. I'll rewrite the crappy one. Um, I think Jared and Jane they know food. They know food. They know food better than I do, and I expect them to be honest in their reviews. And so does Central New York. Our readers do. Um, Yolanda. Uh, yeah, that was also that was pre-internet, um, and she could be if there was something she did not like, she let you have it, mm-hmm. and um, and it could be harsh. I know, and I don't know why. I mean, now I think I I would also argue that restaurants have gotten better. I think people's tastes have evolved. I think um, technology has changed the way people eat because. And, you know, regulations, you know, temperatures and every, how things are cooked. Yeah. Um, so it might be better. I don't know. Um, 
I, I know that you just, I mean, I, I guess pizza's probably the same, but <laughs> I think cheeses are better. I think meats are better. Yeah. Yeah, I do too, to a certain extent. Um, I'm, you know, there's parts of me that love getting to know, like, the depths of the restaurant industry. Um, the One of the, my nine-to-five job is a restaurant supply company. And right. um, we have this great test kitchen and this beautiful wood-fired oven. And at the time, we had Anthony D'Onofrio was working there. Now he's the chef out at the yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was great to have him, especially during the pandemic when nobody was really selling anything, right. to say, let's go film a cooking show. And so we had this idea in the beginning of the pandemic to get uh, multiple chefs and we were going to make a pizza from scratch. And so we were going to make the dough from scratch, make the cheese, make the sauce, make the sausage, and then cook the pizza. And so we had Rich Strube come in to do the cheese from Eden. We had Kyle from Kasai come in to do the dough. Um, we were supposed to have another chef come in to do the sauce. He backed out at the last second. So we wound up having Alex from Mono come in, who was just going to do the sausage. He wound up coming in and doing the sauce, doing the sausage, and then making the whole dough. So he came in to do uh, the sausage, and we said, well, can you do the sauce? And can you?" He was like, yeah, but I need to go back to the restaurant and, and get some stuff. Uh, he said, why don't you go? And I had to go to my house and get a blade for the meat grinder. So he said, why don't you go pick that up and then come and meet me down at the restaurant and you can help me get the stuff. And so Anthony D'Onofrio and I wound up going down there at like 2 o'clock on a Wednesday. And we wound up sitting in the bar at Amano and drinking beers for like an hour and a half and just nice. the three of us talking and bullshitting. Yeah. And Alex showed us like their downstairs facility where they do the pasta and everything. And it was just a really cool experience that you really couldn't have outside of the pandemic. Right. They just sit there. No, you couldn't. And they had to get rid of their beer. So it was a, you know, but, and then we got to be able to put this great video together, which I don't think we ever really released. Um, I love the concept. Right. So there's things like that that I love learning about, yeah. like the depths of the restaurant industry. And then there's the negative things, <laughs> like yeah. the things where you see behind the curtain. It's like, oh, I don't want to know that. Yeah, it's it's eye opening when you're going into the, some of these kitchens. And I've been in Amano's kitchen. Yeah. That's one of my favorite restaurants. Yes, I think what they have done is am- is nothing short of amazing. The food every time is consistently good. Yeah, I mean it is top notch, and and uh, it yeah, it's amazing. Um, but I go to a lot of kitchens, and some of these kitchens, I think, oh boy, I probably shouldn't <laughs> see that. But I'm sure yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there's definitely been a few where I'll be standing in, and um, sometimes we'll go to take pictures. And, you know, it's it's, it's funny. Right now, um, you know, we've expanded the state, so we've just done a terrible job of getting content outside of Syracuse. Mm-hmm. So this weekend, I'm going down to New York, um, and we've started messaging restaurants down there and, you know, saying, hey, we're going to come in and do this. Uh, we're going to cover you and do a little, you know, post about you. It's amazing. Some restaurants still are like, no, we're, we're okay. Thank you. Hmm. Um, but some restaurants will say, uh, yep, come in and here's 10 dishes we're going to make just for you, you know, photograph them here, take them home. Right. Um, and then other restaurants 
say, can you just come hang out in the kitchen? And as the food comes out, you can just take a picture. Right. So I've done that from time to time. And on more than one occasion, I've texted my wife and said, hey, we're not going to be able to eat at this restaurant anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she'll say, why not? And I'll say, well. you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she works for the Department of Health. So oh, nice. she gets it. Uh, yeah. But I still can't tell her all the details about it. Yeah, no, it's it's it is eye opening. Um, but you realize how chaotic a kitchen can be at a busy restaurant. Yeah. Um, so, do you have a hope for uh, the restaurant scene in Syracuse coming out of? I mean, we're we're kind of out of it, but coming out of kind of the even the overflow well, of it. I'm I'm. I am overly hopeful and I'm very optimistic because the scene wasn't decimated like a lot of people had predicted. Now they have to keep going and yeah. like you, you know, staffing is an issue. Certain supply, um, supply, the supply chain has, has been disrupted. Hopefully that improves. Yeah. Like with chicken wings, I think that's starting to get a little bit better, but like lobster, forget it. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and just different items. I hope more new restaurants sprout up. I hope that more restaurants take chances and bring us some, some new food and not just the same old stuff that um, was here before. Yeah. Um, I like watching people take chances. Because I learn, I like to go to a restaurant and learn something new, yeah, and try really good food. And I think I see that happening. I mean, I'm writing about this this the one I'm writing about tomorrow um, or tonight or for tomorrow or the next day is that they just opened up at Borden Bar Charcuterie. Oh, it's outstanding, and what a great concept! Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I know they had the building, you know the place before in defeat yeah but it's a it's a really cool concept and it's after coming out of a year where we weren't allowed to like be around each other mm-hmm. sitting down and picking at a charcuterie board which is not just cheese and crackers All it's right. there's meats there's vegetables i mean there's cooked stuff not cooked stuff hmm. and all this fresh bread that they make and you're picking at it, and you're talking about it. And I realized midway through our dinner, and I was with two co-workers, um, we didn't pick up our phones once, except for when I had, had to take pictures of yeah. the stuff. And we had great cocktails, hmm. and it was reasonably priced. But something like that, its I would have never thought you could build a restaurant around a charcuterie board. Hmm. And they're doing it. And I'm telling you, it's, people are going to, hear about this and they're going to they're going to go just because it's so vastly different and yeah. i mean it could be a trend i don't know if it's a trend i got to do some research I, I, yeah. I don't think it's a trend anywhere but i like it yeah it's surprising i mean it is interesting to see like um to see them go to that concept yeah and uh especially being what Defi was to then go into this. Right. And it is really interesting to see. Um, I mean, if you know, you're trying to think of what's going to be new and unique in Syracuse and of all things, charcuterie board restaurant. Big time. But that's it, right? There's no, yeah. it's not like there's an entree if you ask for it. No, but you're, but the charcuterie board, 
so I, well, there was three of us, and and they had. I mean, they have three. They have a meat, they have a veggie or vegan, and they have a seafood, and then they have dessert, and then they do brunch on the weekends. But you get it for one to two people, two to four people, four to six people, and and it's twenty or forty or sixty dollars. Hmm. It's a lot of food, really. So I mean, you're picking at it. Yeah, it's almost like eating with chopsticks. You know, you're going to take less volume when you yeah. go in, but it, over time, <laughs> you're going to realize, oh shit, I'm getting full. Yeah. Um, but the flavors, just all kinds of different flavors. It, it was just, it was really fun. It was that was the other thing. It was just fun. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I never thought you could make an appetizer in a, a, a uh, <laughs> an entree, and it was. Yeah. I'm going to remember that appetizer becoming an entree. Yeah, because I, I could probably use that. You probably somehow. Can. <laughs> Uh, well, Charlie, thank you so much for coming down. Yeah, really it's always a pleasure. It. I mean, you know, hell, I'll talk to you anytime. Yeah. Um, and we do have a concept. We're gonna. Uh, we're, we'll probably wait to do it in the fall. Uh, we definitely will wait to do it in the fall, uh, if not early winter. And that is, we recorded one test episode with Nick and Paul Valenti and Mary Tassone, <laughs> and that was the four of us playing poker. Oh, geez. And we recorded it right here poker tables behind the green screen actually and it was the four of us uh we had a bunch of drinks and we're just sitting here playing cards the downside to that we filmed the one test episode i wound up releasing it like a month or two later uh just on youtube the downside to it was i'm good friends with nick and yeah. paul and i'm friends with mary because we've been sure. she's been a client of ours for years uh, so the downside was the four of us were really just talking shit about everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so the parts I had to cut out. I was going to say, you, you on, less a yeah. lot of editing. On video, you would see like the flop of one hand, but then I would have to edit the rest of it out. So you'd see the river and the, yeah. the other hand. So um, eventually what we want to do is like an eight-part series, three different restaurant owners each time, and me playing poker, talking, whatever. Um, and the one idea I had was to have you be the dealer for each oh, episode. I just have to learn how to play Texas Hold'em. Yeah, that's it, easy enough. And it's, I, it's, I think it would be a blast. That would be a lot, that would be a lot of fun because I love all those guys. Yeah. So, well, Charlie, thank you so much. Anthony, anytime. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out this episode, for checking out the podcast, whether this is your first episode or episode 100. We're just so grateful to have you uh, here with us for the Eat Local New York podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, and that way you'll be able to see and watch the video version of every single episode that we put out. You can also follow us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and Twitter, and we're getting ready to launch some great new content that we think you're going to love. And again, visit us online at eatlocalnewyork.com where you can find our blogs and see some of our favorite restaurants and get some of our cocktail recipes and also purchase your Eat Local New York card. Well, again, thank you to my guest this week, Charlie Miller, for coming on the podcast. Make sure that you go over to Syracuse.com and subscribe just like I do. So that way you can get that subscriber-only content and read some of Charlie's awesome writing. Well, I couldn't imagine a better way than to end this podcast, as we do most of them, than, when, than from my favorite song, from my cousin Micah out in Portland. Thanks again, everybody. 
I hope that I find you 